Thank you so much. It's my honor to share at the Agape Fest year 2013. Music is dear to my heart. I grew up in a singing family. My brothers and I had a trio in 1976. My family moved to Rhodesia, which is now known as Zimbabwe. Rhodesia was entertainment starved. So it didn't matter what kind of music you played, there was always doors open to you. So we sang in schools, we sang at the YWCA one time, we sang in scout halls, we sang out on the street. My brothers and I sang kind of country gospel. We grew up listening to bluegrass, the Lauvin, we call them the Lauvin brothers. What is it? Is it Lauvin or Lou? Lou, all right, we call them the Lauvin brothers. And then new on the scene was contemporary Christian music, love song, Randy Matthews, Dallas Home. You know, I wanted to be Dallas Home. And anyway, we sang, and you know how brothers can have good harmony. We had this really tight harmony, and a church was born through my daddy's preaching and my brother's singing. One of the favorites we sang was a Merle Haggard song. He recorded back in the 70s, I think it was in a prison, a gospel album. And he sang a song, Guide me, Lord. Through the day, guide me, Lord, this I pray. Through all sorrow, temptation, and strife. Anyway, it was, a, it was just a fun time. And I just want to encourage you guys to be ready for doors to open and sing anywhere they open. 21 years ago, we moved to this town to help start a church, not knowing the end of that year we'd become the pastor. But it was our heart to... Bless the city as pastor of our congregation. So everywhere a door opened to minister, we did. And so we've either preached or led worship or both at 15 other churches in the Granbury area. It's not us. It's just the, the Granbury area. And not one time did we suck a member out of another church to come to ours. We honestly went to be a strength and a blessing to them. I think sometimes... In our culture, we're very me-conscious. I call it the American hymn. It's to the tune of Amazing Grace. Everybody's singing. They may not be singing the words, but their life is singing this. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. The other day on Facebook, I posted a thing called me-isms. And I primed the pump. I said, what statements in our culture, church and outside church, can push us towards being me-centered. I thought of Burger King, have it your way. I thought of Elvis, I did it my way. I thought of a church that says we're all about people or we're all about you. And then my friends started chiming in. I'm okay, you're okay. Another one said, I have my rights. Another one said, be all you can be. And then I thought of the George Jones song. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. <laughs> thought of you deserve a break today who did that was that <coughs> mcdonald's hungry why wait if it feels good do it god helps those that help themselves to thine own self be true and then the one you hear it in church even god wants me to be happy and then somebody wrote in y-o-l-o who knows what y-o-l-o means you know the customer is always right that's good for a business to say, but customers are saying that. Got to look out for number one. It's your thing. Do what you do. Follow your heart. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Do your thing, baby. God understands. After all, we're human. It's my way or the highway. These sound like some country song titles. 
I'm all I got. Really? What about me? Me too. It's high time for some me time. If you can't take care of yourself, no one else will. I deserve to be happy. Yeah. You can do it. This is embedded in our culture. And so I just want to encourage you as artists to not think about you, but think about what we're called to. And just go, I don't care if it's a, if it's a little thing, go and do your best. If it's a nursing home, go. Billy Graham got saved in some little podunk town in some little bitty meeting and evangelist hadn't gone there. Don't look down on yourself for small venues. God is doing great things. So we sang in little bitty things, big things. Sometimes we would visit churches hoping to get a gig, you know. There was youth services all over town every Friday night. It was like the Jesus movement there. They were having a revival in the country. And we visited a Presbyterian church. And I saw across the room a girl with long brown hair and big hoop earrings and heavy green eye makeup on and green pantsuit. And I was United Pentecost. She was going to bust hell wide open, but I had to meet her. I had to meet her. So I walked up to her for the first time in my life. I introduced myself to a girl, cold turkey. Found out we lived about a mile apart. So the next day I just happened to ride by on my brother's bicycle by her house and just happened to feel led to go up and say hi to her. A year later to the day, she was my wife. The reason we're not divorced is I married a good woman. 35 years later, I'm still with her, and she walks in forgiveness and grace. She's my souvenir from Africa, and she feels called to be a missionary to America. It would not have happened if my brothers and I weren't willing to sing. I have a concern when it comes to artists being shackled by their publishers, where they can't sing just anywhere, where they are chained by contracts, You have to sing for a certain amount of money because your manager insists on it. Mm -hmm. And you sign papers doing that. If that's where you're at, don't be condemned. But if that's not where you're at and you want to be there, enjoy where you're at right now. Because if that does happen for you, like Mercy Me, for several years they would sing at the Arlington Stadium, the baseball stadium. And they couldn't sing anywhere during those years within a 100-mile radius because of the contract. So don't yearn for the day of having contract. There's a side to every coin that's not necessarily good. So just enjoy where you're at and just pray and say, God, wherever you open the door, I'll do it. If it's a family reunion, do your best. I had that on my heart. I wanted to share a verse with you from Luke 14. It's about the feast. We'll start in verse 12, Jesus said, When you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors so you can be invited by them in return and get repaid. But when you host an elaborate meal, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And we all say different. Invite people that are different from you. Then you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of those at the meal with Jesus heard this. He said to him, Blessed is everyone who will feast in the kingdom of God. So he's looking forward to the future. The kingdom of God is a feast. It's a party. It's a glorious thing. And we are all blessed to be part of it. Verse 16, But Jesus said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who had been invited, Come, because everyone is now ready. But one after another, they all began to make excuses. 
Now notice, he held a great banquet, but in advance, he sent out invitations. And when the time came, he sent out reminders, and then suddenly, here comes these excuses. I bought a field, must go see it, please excuse me. I mean, what kind of investor is that? Mm. Buy property and you never looked at it. Three times here in, in Granbury, our church was offered property. When I went and looked at it, it's totally undesirable. Mm. Just because it's property doesn't mean you need it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going out to examine them. Please excuse me. Now, who's going to buy a car or a beast of burden and not check it out first? <laughs> These weren't really smart guys anyway. They were just excuses. Another said, I just got married and I cannot come. Now, why did he say, can I bring my wife? <laughs> so the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the master of the household was furious and said to his slave, go out quickly to the streets and alleys of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Then the slave said, sir, what you instructed has been done and there is still room. Verse 23, so the master said to his slave, go out to the highways and country roads. And urge people to come in so my house will be full. So he sent them first into the streets and alleys of the city to bring in people that were different. And then he sent them out into the country. Can we say country? Awesome. Didn't forget the country folks. In verse 24, for I tell you, not one of those individuals who were invited will taste of my banquet. In good preaching, you have explanation, then you have illustration, and you have application. So first comes the explanation. This parable is about the kingdom of God, which started with a man named Abraham that God instituted a covenant with, renewed it through Moses and freeing his children from slavery. And they were the people of the covenant. They were called to be a nation of kings and priests and witness to the world. They were the first ones invited to the feast. And they were too busy doing stuff. Too busy doing stuff. In ministry, we don't want to get busy just doing stuff just to do it. We want to be effective, don't we? Yeah. And so the kingdom of God is like that. So he turned to people that were different. That's us. Thank God for Acts chapter 10. Thank God for Acts chapter 15. All the men said, praise the Lord. And all the women said, thank you, Jesus. My kitchen doesn't have to be kosher. This is an illustration that explains the kingdom of God, that the feast that Jesus came to bring, which is himself, when he said it is finished, he provided all that needed to be provided for the redemption of mankind. So one day we look forward to that great feast in heaven. But right now we get to eat together, fellowship together, worship together, and enjoy the good things of the kingdom. But we must beware lest we become like the children of Israel. Thank God thousands of Jews are getting saved now today, and it's not just in the Messianic movement. In fact, more Jews are coming to Christ in Gentile churches than in Messianic congregations. You know, those of us who've been in church for a long time, maybe you're a multi-generational Christian. I'm a third-generation Pentecostal. Now I'm a Baptocostal. You can get comfortable and become just like these Pharisees that missed out on the feast too busy doing stuff, too busy being religious or whatever, doing good things, and good things can keep us. Good. It's good to have oxen. It's good to have property. It's good to have a wife. Man who finds a wife has a good thing, but it's not good to miss out on the main thing, what it's all about, which is Jesus. Now, illustration. That was my explanation. This story became very real to me last year. February 18th, our daughter got married to a man that paid for everything which was a blessing because a few years earlier, our daughter was engaged to be married. We gave her all our money that we saved for her wedding, and it didn't work out. She was heartbroken, and so we let her have that money. 
and she used it for mission trips for three years. Cyprus, Israel, Europe, and Africa for three years. Then she came home, went back to nursing school, and got her doctorate in nursing practice. And so she's a midwife that works in hospitals. And so our wedding money was gone. Well, lo and behold, she falls in love with a man that says, I want to pay for everything. It was a wedding of the century. What a blessing. God bless Paul. But here was the problem. He blessed us with this incredible wedding. We could only invite 100 guests. And our church helped us raise our daughter. So we had more than 100 people to invite. So we had to pick and choose. It was heartbreaking. And she had all her friends. So, you know, maybe 30 people from our church got to go. So they agreed for us to throw them a banquet that we would pay for a month later. And they were so blessed. We had seating for like a hundred and some people. We had live music with a horn section. Have you ever played somewhere with a horn section? <laughs> Everybody needs a horn section. My God, it's incredible. And then even a DJ for some celebrating after the meal. We had mesquite grilled chicken from Del Norte's in Godley, Texas. Don't ever go there. You become addicted and won't like Mexican food from now on because that's the best in the world. It really is incredible. And then they had stir-fried green beans almondine and salad with cilantro ranch dressing and sweet tea from Chicken E. If you're, if you're in this part of Texas, you got to go to Chicken Express and order a sweet tea. It's the best. And Turtle cheesecake. You ever had turtle cheesecake? Yes. It's great. It was an awesome party. But only 70 people came. Empty seats were everywhere. Nobody likes to throw a party and have people not show. So this parable will never be the same to me. Because I, I experienced that. People had other things to do. But everybody that came was blown away. They were really blessed. Now the application. Every Sunday morning, all across the land, church buildings are clean. Restrooms are smelling good. The nursery workers are ready. And their facilities are spotless. The sound system is just right. The preacher has prepared his sermon. And the artists that are ministering to the Lord and to his people are tuned up. They have practiced. They are ready. For service time to begin. But in most churches in America. That banquet is available. Every week. But we become comfortable. With empty seats. In the banquet. Go ahead. We need to go into the highways. And byways. We know the kingdom of God. Isn't centered in a building. But it's centered on the banquet. And so we're coming back full circle. To where I started. Wherever. There's poor people, needy people, different people, and there's an opportunity to go and minister. Take the banquet to them. Yes. Be meals on wheels yeah. Yeah. for the banquet of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Can we pray? Yes. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters and for the gifts that you've given them. I pray, God, you'd enable them to enjoy the journey of their ministry and that, Lord, they would not turn down any opportunity. For your glory, Lord, in Jesus. And bring the banquet back to America in such a way, Lord, that we become centered not only on you, yes, but on the lost and those that are not like you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you.